Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. Um, I'm uh, standing, I'm number four, uh, fourth string, so here we are. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Andrew, and uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you this morning, I'm just going to warn you straight up that I'm probably going to make you cry, okay? Just, I'm warning you straight up, okay? Just, just warning you. And uh, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to say some of the things, some of the quiet parts out loud. And so um, please, you know, humor me. I, I'm, I'm going to go through some hard things. I, I've been struggling with this message for a while. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to say some things, and, and some of you are, I, I'm, I'm telling you, some of you are going to, to, to hurt a little bit. And, but I think, I think this, is, this is going to be good. And this is... This is what the Lord has put on my heart. So this is, again, just kind of work with me here. And uh, my uh, my wife said, "Oh, you're, you're you're dressed in black this morning. Like, are you the the Undertaker?" <laughs> it's, it's sort of appropriate. Um, if I had to title my sermon uh, anything, it would be "Death, Be Not Proud." Okay, uh, some of you are saying, "Oh, great song!" Yeah, yep. If, if you, those of you that are a little bit younger and like, you know, a little bit more metalish songs, you know, look them up. Atlas, "Death Be Not Proud," great song. But I'll explain why I title it this. And I, I'm going to go back and just just to warn you, like I'm a retired high school teacher, right? So uh, I spent 30 years trying to fill 75 minutes. Right? That was my, that was my job, is to fill 75 minutes. And I put different classes on so I could see the back as opposed to the front. I might be able to see my announcements here, but I, I'm not sure yet. So, spent 70, or 75 years as a 30-minute 30 30 teacher. No, I spent 30 years as a 75-minute teacher. And as a result of that, yeah. So... I remember back, way, way back, when I was a, when I was a kid, little kid, um, John Walker used to sit right over there. Now, it wasn't in this church. It was in a different church. And John Walker, I think, was born around 1895, somewhere in Alabama, North Carolina, somewhere in the south. And uh, he came to, to Canada sometime. I, I, I didn't know the history. I, like, I, I, I just knew him. He came, you know, Sundays morning and Sunday night, Wednesday with his wife. His wife sat the, the row behind him, and, and back in the day, you know, we used to do, um, we used to do uh, testimonies or, or thanksgivings, and, and I can remember Brother John, he was a big man. Like, like I'm, I'm six foot four and 250 pounds. He was like my size, except another 150 pounds more, okay? And he was about, I don't know, 75, 80, pretty close to that, Aaron, like somewhere around there. He was, he was an older man. And he struggled to, to walk and he struggled to get up. And, and I can remember him, and, and, and this, this is not, like I'm not trying to, to mock anybody or anything like this. I remember him getting up because this, this had, a, had an impact. And this is the first thing that's probably going to offend some of you or maybe start some of you going. And it, it, he would get up and he would struggle to get up and he would stand up and he'd go, well, I don't know. I 
last time we sing together, it may be the last time, I don't know. Well, it may be the last time we sing together, it may be the last time, I don't know, and neither do you, because that's the truth. We have no guarantee on this day. We no guarantee. We have no guarantee on our next breath. This may be the last time we get together. It may be the last time we sing together. It may be the last time, I don't know, God knows. And so this song, like I heard the song, I don't know, 1975, 1970, no, it would be 1978, 79, somewhere around there. It stuck with me. I mean, that's like over 40 years ago, and I can still remember, I can picture him. Like, I don't remember a lot of things. Like, we lived in an apartment, my wife and I, for four years. I, like, I, I have three memories of the place, right? But I remember John Walker standing up and, and singing, this may be the last time. It may be the last time. So, now I have to get my Bible out, and uh, some of you may have to get your Bibles out uh, to, to help me along here, and let's just get out of that program. There we go. So I'm going to look at a bunch of scriptures today. And uh, first one we're going to look at is uh, James. And the reason why I'm, I'm going to pull this one up, James chapter 1 verse 10. And uh, how many of you like, like, uh, like money? How many of you like money? Like, like money. Money is okay. It's, it's the love for money that's the root of all evil. Liking money is okay, right? Liking money is okay. Having money is okay. Money is not evil, okay? Uh, money is not a crime. It's, it's, it's okay. James 1.10, but the rich, in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he will pass away. Anybody cut the lawn recently? It's, you just chopped off the top. It's gone, right? What do you do with it? Rake it up, put it in a pile, throw it away, burn it. Right? Let it mulch. It's gone. For the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it burns the grass, and the flower thereof falls, and the grace uh, of the fashion of it perishes. So shall also the rich man fade away in his ways. We're, we're, like, we're like nothing. James 4, verse, uh, James 4, verse 13. Another metaphor. Another thought. Some of us say, hey, you know what, we're going to go, and uh, verse 13, I'll read it. I, don't, I won't paraphrase it, I'll read it. It says, go to now, ye, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go to such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, right? We're going to go and make money, right? We're going to go somewhere and make money. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even as a vapor that appears a little time and then vanishes away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we will live and do this or do that. So many times we, we make plans and, and things change. How many of you realize that things can change in an instant? Like one minute you're doing this and the next minute is like, whoa, how did that happen, right? Like we, we, we're taking a picture and the next minute we've got a broken arm, right? Like it's, it's amazing how that happens. Yeah, and the picture didn't even turn out very well. So if you've got a day, if you've got today, what are you going to invest it in? Are you going to invest it in something that's lasting or are you going to invest it in something that's passing? The metaphors that, that, that uh, James gives us there, one is like we're gra grass that withers. In a couple of weeks, your grass is going to be brown unless you water it, right? It's going to die and, and wither, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
right? It's, it, just, it just is, right? Vapor, right? You, you boil some water and there's a little bit of vapor that comes out when it's boiling and then you, you stop boiling and it's gone. It's poof. That's the metaphor that James is giving us here. Our lives are like that. They're gone. So, death. How do we get it? How do we get death? Where did it come from? Why is it around? So Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 27. And, and I'm, I'm just going to throw a couple things out there. Um, part of the problem with, with, uh, with some of the, the, the teachings that's out there is, is uh, the book of Genesis gets a, a bad rap. But let me just say, if you don't have Genesis, if you don't have the beginning... That's what Genesis means, beginnings. If you don't have the beginning, the rest doesn't make sense. There's no foundation that goes on it. And so I'm going to tell you that when we, when we look at, at anything, we need to recognize that from the beginning, God had a plan, and it was there, and it was for our benefit. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of, uh, of a tree yielding seed, uh, to you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. So, couple of things there. Has this been rescinded? So that says we have dominion. Right? So just, just keep that in mind. Keep that, because it's, like, the problem with death is it, it's, like, there's so much fear surrounding it. And this morning we sang about hope, and we sang about our, our amazing God, and, and how wonderful and how marvelous and what is it that is wonderful and marvelous, but that we don't have to have the sting of death attached? Okay, so this, this beginning here, when, when God said, okay, everybody's going to be vegetarians, right? So don't worry, he changed that, it's okay. So meat's okay, just for those of us that eat meat and like it. The beginning he created, he said, you know, you've got dominion, you've got dominion over the animals, the plants, the fish, whatever, Anything that moves, you have dominion. Um, it says, uh, i, I got to get my other one, uh, the other one. So that was some of the commandments. In, in chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, verse uh, 15, and uh, we'll get there. And the Lord took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So man was put into the Garden, Garden of Eden. He was told to take care of the garden. He had dominion over the garden. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you will not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof you will surely die. Okay? Surely die. So, interesting note there. Um, they could have eaten of the tree of life. Live forever. Could have. 
It was, it was there. They, they could have eaten freely. What's this, uh, what's this death? What's this death? What's this dying? Death in, in that, uh, that Hebrew word there uh, talks about basically to, to uh, separate, to, um, to die as a penalty. So it's part of a penalty. It's a, it's a consequence as a result of something that you did wrong. Okay, so that was, that was Genesis chapter 2. And some people say, well, you know, that's just a, an allegory. It's just a, it's, a it's, it's Hebrew poetry that, that sort of, it's, it's an allegory of things that happened. It didn't really happen like that. It was just sort of a, a story, and Adam is representative of all mankind, and, and this original sin was just something that sort of, crept in there a little bit later, whatever, you know, over millions of years. And, 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 and as a result of that, I, I, always, I always look and, and say, okay, um, Jesus must be a liar. And some of you are saying, what? Yeah, Jesus must be a liar. Why? Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 says, and he answered them, this is Jesus talking, and he answered and said to them, have you not read, have you not read, that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. And he said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So right there in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus said, the guy who made them in the beginning, first he made them, and second he made them male and female. So Jesus affirms the Genesis account in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. Just throwing that one out there. And as a result of that, one of the problems I have is I can't discount Genesis, you know, the first 12 chapters especially. I can't discount that um, because Jesus said it was so. And so it's either Jesus said it was so and he's true, everything he says is true, or none of this makes any sense and we may as well just eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Right? I'm quoting scripture there, by the way. It's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 32, in case you're wondering. Some of you are saying, what? Really? Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 32 says, uh, basically, if, there, if there's no resurrection from the dead, this is all in vain. We may as well just eat, drink, and die like the gladiators at Ephesus because tomorrow we die. Right? So, who is to blame? Who is to blame? You know, we, we, all, uh, we all like to point fingers, right? If you read chapter 3, <laughs> you read chapter 3, you know, the, God says, you know, hey, who told you you're naked? Right? And, and then, well, the, the woman that you gave me, it's her fault. Right? Do you, do you remember, the, remember that? The woman you gave me was her fault. And, and what does she say? Ah, it wasn't me, it was the serpent. Right? But what does God do? He says, yeah, you're all, you, you all were, you're correct. Yeah, it was, it was your wife tempted you, and yeah, you got lied to, deceived by the serpent, and yeah, the serpent did that. And as a result of that, you, you read the curse. Read the curse, right? There's a curse on, on the ground. You know, the men are going to work, and they're going to sweat, and that's how you're going to eat your lunch. Right? It says you're going to eat by the sweat of your brow. It says there's going to be thorns and thistles. Ron, you're, you're, you're happy about that, aren't you? 
right? Thorns and thistles, woohoo. It's what I want. Sheep like the, the thistles though, right? Or is it the, the pigs that like the thistles? I, I don't know. Goats? Goats eat anything though. They, yeah, they eat anything. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and, by, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. We all would say, hey, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. It wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't. No, God said, no, like, I'm talking to God face to face, right? He says, don't eat that tree, right? Don't, don't, do anything else. Don't eat that tree. So, like, they had, like, two rules. Like, take dominion, pick the, you know, pick the stuff out of the garden, and, and don't eat from that tree. That's it, right? Real simple. Like, they didn't have Ten Commandments. They didn't have, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, don't uh, use the name of the Lord in vain. You know, honor your father and mother. Don't, none of that stuff. It wasn't there. It was just don't eat that tree. Yeah. Some people say, well, when did that happen? I, I don't know. At the beginning. How, how far at the beginning? We know it happened before 130 years and probably before 110 years. How do I know that? Uh, if you read Genesis chapter 4, verse uh, 25, um, it, it talks about uh, somebody. Um, verse uh, 425, and Adam knew his wife again, it's sex. She bare him a son and called his name Seth. For God, she said, has appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And I, I say uh, 130 years because uh, Genesis 5 verse 3 says, And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness and after his image and called his name Seth. So it happened sometime before 130 years. Just so that you're wonder if you're wondering. I don't know exactly when, but th that's, that's when it was. So, death. Death enters in the world as a result of one man's sin. Passed on generation to generation to generation to generation. Through Noah, through his sons and daughters-in-law. On to the rest of humanity. We're all born in sin, under sin, under the law. We're all going to die. I remember, do you remember Chuck Davis, Ernie? I had an English teacher in high school. The correct answer for everything that he, he had, everything he assigned was death. Didn't matter, like if you're reading Shakespeare, it was death. Like if you're, if you're doing a, a poem, you know, Love Song of J. Alfred Prufock or something like that, you know, T.S. Eliot, it, it was death, right? It doesn't matter, just whatever we're talking about is death. It, the correct answer. So we knew that. Uh, we figured that out about the first month. And so then everything we just wrote about death and we were fine. Um, but death is not the end. It's not the end. And this is what, what the difference between uh, followers of the Christ, followers of Jesus, that's the difference between this and everybody else. We have a hope that is not based on us working. It's not based on how good we are. Like there's no balance left or right. You know, hey, you know, did my good outweigh my bad? You know, is, is, this, is this, you know, is God feeling good today and, and he's going to tip the scale in my favor? Or, or, you know, did I get in by, you know, a hair? Oh, that would be rough on me, right? <laughs> and I, I apologize to the people in the balcony that are getting, like, the glare off the top of my head, right? Like, the light in the back goes, shines, bounces up there. 
anyways. Talk about being saved by a hair. Uh, Luke, and, and it wasn't Luke that got saved by a hair, but Luke mentions it uh, in Luke chapter 23. And one of the malefactors, male factors, one of the thieves, one of the miscreants, one of the people that was in trouble, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, if you be the Christ, if you're the Messiah, if you're the one who is the king of the Jews, save yourself and us. Like, if you're really God, like, get off the cross and save us. That's what he, that's what he said. The other one said, he rebuked him, saying, do you not fear God, seeing as you are in the same condemnation? You're, like, you're dying. Like, you're, you're dying for what, what you did, right? Verse 41, and we indeed justly, because we have received the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. He's done nothing wrong. Verse 42, and he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you Come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today, today you'll be with me in paradise. You're not going to wait in purgatory till somebody prays you out. You're not going to have to have somebody say masses for you. You're not going to have to have somebody pay for you to get out. You're not going to spend time in limbo, nirvana, or any other, you know, existential, you know, haunting the earth till whatever, till, you know, your, your whatever whatever reason you died is acquitted for. No. It says, today you'll be with me in paradise. See, this is, this is the hope we have. We have this hope that death is not the end. It's not the end. And when you start to put that, your life in that perspective, suddenly this doesn't... It, it's not that much. I mean, we think it's everything, right? Like, we go, oh, i got to do this, i got to do this, i got to do this, right? Got to get my deck finished. Got to get the deck railings done. I got to get this done. Yeah. My life is like vapor. It's gone. It's like the grass that withers, the flowers that fade. The word of the Lord lives forever. I mentioned this scripture before, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 32. And this is Paul speaking. He says, if after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, in other words, you say, I'm a, if I'm a gladiator, you know, hail Caesar, we the dead salute you. Right? That's what he said. That's, that's what he's referencing. If I was a gladiator who knows he's going to die, he's just going to fight and then he's going to die, somebody's going to kill him, that's his, his life. What advantages it me if the dead don't rise. If, if there's no resurrection from the dead, <laughs> whatever. Do whatever you want. Eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow you die. It's, Paul says it. If there's no resurrection from the dead, forget this. It's pointless. There's no point, there's no point in, in, in going through any of this. You know, don't, don't, don't learn about God. Don't, don't care for your neighbor. Don't, don't you know, love your wife, whatever. Don't just do whatever you feel like. You know, be narcissistic. It's all about me. It's all about me. 
Some people say, well, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? That's 1535. Then he gives, Paul gives a farming metaphor. And he calls people a fool. He says, you fool. Don't you know that if you, whatever you sow, if it's not, it's not going to sprout unless it dies in the ground. And that which you sow, it, uh, thou sowest not the body that shall be, but bare grain that it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. So in other words, he's saying the seed that you plant determines what plant comes up. Right? That's, that's what he's saying. But the, the seed is not the life. The seed is not the body. It's the seed of life. But God gives it a body as it pleases him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, another of birds. There are celestial bodies and there are terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another of the moon, another of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is uh, sown in weakness, Sorry, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body, it is raised in a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Adam sold us under sin. Jesus, the second Adam, provided a way out. Howbeit it was not, howbeit that was not, that was not first which is spiritual, that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy, the second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they that are earthy, and as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. As we, are born, as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now I say this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For at the trump shall the, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this incorruptible must put on incorruption and this mortality must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Death, don't be so proud. You got nothing to boast. Men fear you, but you're not the end. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brethren, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Okay, so Paul starts off that, that, that segment saying, is it in vain? Is this life that we live as, as followers of the Christ, as followers of Jesus, is this life we live in vain? It is if there's no resurrection from the dead. But if there's resurrection from the dead, then we have a hope, a glorious hope. 
And so Paul tells us that there is, there is hope in Jesus, that there is, there is a, a meaning to all of this. He says, be steadfast, immovable, right? Planted on the right foundation. You're not on shifting sand. You're not on a, a branch that's going to break off. You're not on, a, on the edge of a precipice. You are on the rock. And that rock says, you will overcome. Mm. <laughs> How many of you read books? Read books. Anybody read books? Some of you? Some of us? All right. Anybody ever read the last page of the book to see if it's worth reading the rest of the book? I hear some people laughing. You laughing at me? I, I, I confess, on more than one occasion, I have read the last pages of the book to see whether it's worth reading. Makes sense to me, right? You read the end, okay, it's worth reading. I'll, I'll, I'll invest the time to read the book, right? Hmm. Revelation chapter 20, verse 14. Mm. I'll start verse 12, actually. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of these things that were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to his works. Verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. They, death, loses. Death loses. Not in the book of life. Death loses. Lake of fire for you. So the question is then, how do we get into the book of life? How do you get into the book of life? Well, it's pretty simple. Just think of that, uh, that malefactor on the cross, that thief on the cross. Second one. Not the first one. First one was, no, first one was a fool. First one was a fool. What does the second one do? Recognize Jesus for who he was, that he had authority, right? Jesus, I recognize that you are the king. You are the one that they say that you are. I confess that I'm worthy of dying because I've sinned. That's what he said. He says, we're worthy. Like, we, we're dying here because we deserve it. We deserve it. And then you ask Jesus to remember him. Jesus, remember me. That was it. You didn't, didn't show up to church to listen to me preach. You didn't learn, you know, songs. You didn't read the Bible. You didn't tithe. You didn't give alms. You didn't get baptized. Get, didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. N none of that. Really simple. It's, it's like, God, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned. Romans tells us that every one of us has sinned. Everyone. We've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right? Like that's, that's the hope that we have. Death is not the end. It's not the end. It's not the end. 
So one of the, one of the problems is, though, so, so what do we do after? You know, I hear some people say, well, I, I don't want to go to heaven and, and, and sit on a cloud and play a harp. Like, I want to party with my buddies. I want to party with my buddies in hell. How many of you heard that? I know I've heard it way more than once. Way more than once, right? I was, I'm going to go party with my buddies in hell. So part of the problem is, part of the problem with that, that thinking is, um, when you reject God, when you reject God, the maker of the universe, the creator of everything, the one who made all of this, made us, and if you have any doubts about whether you were created or not, uh, a little aside, um, take a look at the amount of information that's stored in your DNA. If you do any kind of thinking about that, realize that in your cell, every single one of your cells is written information that takes you from a single cell organism and makes something as glorious as this. Right? Like, when I, when I think about, like, I've built some things. How many of you have ever built something before? Anybody ever have a plan for building something? Plan for building something, right? You, you look at the plan, say, or, or the instructions, you look at the instructions, right? And the instructions say, well, take a hammer, take a screwdriver, take, take this, do this, do that, right? It never tells you how to make a screwdriver. It doesn't tell you how to make a hammer. It doesn't tell you where to get the raw materials for this. It doesn't tell you, you know, how to make the machine that made the parts that you had to do that. The plan just says, you know, especially Ikea stuff, right? Connect this board to that one, right? 52 steps later, you say, oh, shoot, they forgot to drill one hole and I can't put this together. Now, how many of you have experienced that one? <laughs> That's not there, right? You have to, you assume some knowledge. Well, think about this. Your cell, your cell, the very first cell of you, that very first single cell that turned into glorious you, had to know enough information to be able to take nutrients from mom, right, nutrients from mom, and build another cell. And it had to know how to split. It had to know how to, to maintain energy. So there has to be an energy source inside the, the cells. So if you take a look at mitochondria in the cells, it's fantastic, really cool thing. Um, and, and the more you, you, you study about this, the more you realize, oh my God, you are amazing. Like you are amazing at how you created the, the detail and, the, and the, the structure. It just blows my mind because not only does that cell have to, you know, know how to duplicate itself. Okay, it's a simple cell. It's just duplicating, right? Okay, whatever. You know, it's a really simple thing. You know, unzip the DNA, pick RNA to go alongside it to make the proteins, to make the DNA, to make another strand and coil it together. And then we've got all of these things together and then we'll split the nucleus off and you know, make another whole cell there and there's a, a duplicate. It's a twin. It's a clone. Okay. And then that went, those two split, and then those two split. And then at some point in time, suddenly something says, hey, wait a second here, we need eyes. And they say, oh, okay, I'll be an eye. I'll be a heart. Right? And then all of a sudden the cell switches from being like the same to being something different. Hey, I'll be, a, I'll be the heart. I'll be the spinal column. I'll be the nervous system. Right? Starts off from one cell. The instructions are in the first one. Not only that, the... And again, this, this is mind-boggling. Like, 
not only does the cell have to have the instructions for, the, for making, the, for, for making the, the IKEA furniture, it also has to make the screwdriver, it also has to get the raw material, it also has to make the hammer, it has to make the drill, it has to make the energy to run the drill, it makes the energy to make the screwdriver, it gets the raw materials from wherever it gets the raw materials from, and it puts them together and makes the screwdriver to make the material. To, and, and then it assembles all of that, and it says, okay, you don't need the screwdriver anymore, so let's recycle it and make it into something else. We don't need this machinery anymore. We'll just take it apart and make it into something else. It's, it's like mind-boggling. That's the creator. And that all just happened by chance. Right? And, and so when, when somebody tells me that, I, I look at them and I think, you're a fool. It's, it's obviously full, chock full of information. There's so much detail in there. So much detail in there. And, and, and we didn't figure that out, didn't even think about this till the 50s like 70 years ago. They have no idea. You know, I can, I can remember, you know, they had, they had a theory, uh, you know, Darwin came up with some of this nonsense, had the theory, you know, uh, cells are sort of like a, a raisin muffin. You know, there's like a little, you know, this part, and then there's some little raisins in there that are some other pieces. That's the cell. It's a simple thing. It's no big, no big deal. It can, it can happen by chance, right? Here's the other problem. Random. I've said this before. Random is like uh, no information included in the, the things. Like, um, like you, you, you flip a, 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 a coin, right? And, and you hope that it's going to be something different, right? And so that's considered random. But if you try to do that on a computer, computers don't do random very well. They, they, there's always some sort of information still stuck in there. So random, by definition, is like there's no information being transferred. So how does no information, random, create information? I spent, like I said, 29, almost 30 years as a teacher, and I can tell you that random stuff does not create information. My students, you know, they, could, they, they couldn't, you know, hand in random stuff and say, okay, well, this is, this is my work. It just, it just happened, right? I look at them and I say, this is, this is not work. This is not good. You need to come back to the specification. Created. We were created. Revelation 21. And I'm going to read a little bit here. Remember the back of the book? That's, that's where you are, last couple of pages. This is John speaking. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are past away. Remember we talked about hope? This is our hope. This is our hope. Talk about what, what are we going to do in heaven, you know, like I, I want to hang out with all my buddies that are in hell. See, when you reject God the creator, you basically set yourself up as God. I'm God. I'm the most important 
creature in the universe. And God is a very, how should we say, not jealous. No, he's, uh, he's polite. And uh, if, if you say to him your entire life, I want nothing to do with you. I'm more important than you. At the end, he respects your wishes. And he says, okay, you want nothing to do with me. All right, I'm going to send you apart from me. And the sad thing is, they will have met the most incredible thing being in the universe. They will know that there is God. And, and the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. They will have met God. And then God will say, get out of my sight. And they will spend eternity, having met God, regretting putting themselves on the throne and saying they were more important than God. They'll spend eternity doing that. And they will be alone in their misery with their God. I don't know about you. I don't want to spend eternity with me because there's lots of nasty things about me. Just ask my wife. She'll tell you. She'll tell you. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. It's done. I'm the beginning and the end. It's the Greek alphabet, alpha, omega, right? Beginning, end. In, in English, it would be, you know, A and Z. If you're in America, Z, right? Alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcomes will inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. You want to inherit? How many of you want to get an inheritance? I don't know about you. I want an inheritance, right? I don't know about you. I want an inheritance, right? I, I, want, I want this. There's a little warning, though. The next verse says, but the fearful... But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. You have a choice. Do you want to be in a lake of fire? Or do you want to be with God? Do you want to be with death in the lake of fire? Just incidentally, right? Do you want to spend eternity with death? Because death is in the lake of fire too. I don't know about you. I don't, I don't want to do that. Right? I don't want to do that. And yet there are so many people who fear death. I don't want to die. What am I going to do? I'm going to die. Think about this. If you, if you truly believe, if you truly believe what you say you believe, death is victory. It's hope. It's purpose. You know, I'm going to read a little bit further. And uh, there came to me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked to me, saying, Come here, I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit 
to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like a stone most precious, uh, even like unto jasper stone, clear as crystal. And it had a great wall and high and 12 gates and, all, and at the gates 12 angels and the names written thereon are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east three gates and on the north three gates and on the south three gates and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he talked to me, uh, and he that talked to me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And he said, the city lies foursquare, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Actually, they're stadia, not quite a furlong. Um, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. If you do the math, it turns out that 12,000 stadia is somewhere around 1,300 miles or about 2,000 kilometers. Not, not quite, 100, 13, eh. anyways, 1,300, 1,300 miles, roughly, okay? It's four square, it says it's wide, deep, high. That's in space, just, just for the record, anybody doing the math, thinking about it, it's in space, right? Most of the city is out of the atmosphere. Just throwing that one out there. Measure the wall thereof, it's 144 cubits according to the measure of the man, that is the angel. The building of the wall was of jasper and the city was pure gold, like unto clear, like clear glass. Reminds me of the joke, right? Guy, rich guy, remember the rich guy that had, he was going to that city at the beginning? He was going to a city, he was going to make some money, right? He figured out, he made some money and, and uh, he figured out how to, to, to take his money with him when he died. And uh, so he gets to... to to the pearly gates. He, he was, he was a, a, a good man. He made it there. And this is a, you know, Peter, there's no St. Peter at the gate, but for this joke, I have to do this, right? Okay, so St. Peter's at the gate. He says to the guy, he says to the guy, hey, so what, do you, what, do you, what, do you, what are you doing here? What, like, why should I let you into heaven? Well, Jesus saved me. His blood covered me. He's good, right? The angel says, yeah, come on in. What do you got in the bag there? He says, oh. He says, I, got, I brought all my, my worldly treasures along. I converted all my American dollars into gold. And Peter looks at him and says, what? You brought pavement? You brought pavement? Like, this is what it says. Foundations of the wall of this, I'm just, just a joke, just trying to kind of get you coming back here. Foundations of the wall were garnished with all manners of precious stones. And if you read through, there's, there's a whole bunch of precious stones. And if you look at the precious stones, you'll find out that every single last one of them is a very high temperature, very... Uh, hard crystal, okay? Um, verse 22, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need for sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb was the light thereof. Remember, this is a clear city, right? It's, it's clear, different colors of clear. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Just a little thought here. You know, as, as I get older, I, I start to think, oh, you know, I didn't accomplish this, and I didn't accomplish that. I didn't accomplish this, and I didn't accomplish that. And when I look at God the creator, I, I realize that he's not the type of creator that throws stuff away. He's always got a reuse, recycle, repurpose, re, re, reintegrate, rebuild. And I think, okay, so 
I didn't accomplish this and I didn't accomplish that and I'm probably not going to anymore, right? I'm, I'm getting to the point where it's, ah, I'm getting older, right? I know I don't look a day over 25, but I, like, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm, I'm getting up there and I, I think, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. Do you think, do you think that God has given you desires and skills and talents and dreams and says, oh, death, boom, we're, that's at the end of it. No. Remember that, that picture that he gave us of the seed? We planted a mortal seed. And in God, that becomes immortality. And everyone's going to have its own glory. It said, it said that in that scripture I read. I don't remember which one it was now. But it was one of the metaphors that was, was in there. Do you think that God's going to say, oh, you know what? Everybody's going to wear a... Um, Everybody's going to wear a robe. Everybody's going to play the harp. And you're all going to play a G chord right now. Okay, I want you all to play a G chord. And I'm going to say, but where's the bass? Where's the bass? Right? Josh is going to say, but yeah, but I, I want the kick. Right? I want a beat. I want, like, we're all going to be different. We're all different. And God has made us unique and different. Just take a look at yourself. You're unique. Gloriously made in the image of God. Every one of us different. And I don't for a second believe that the God who created all of this diversity, who created all of these wonderful details, like I talked about DNA, like you, you can look anywhere. Just, just take a look around. Look at a flower blooming or you take a look at a, a, a bee's nest or you take a look at a, at a, a, a bug walking on the ground and, you know, or emerald ash borer in its glorious emerald colors, right? Like, like it's just... And, and they, they spend their lives in, inside of ash trees, boring holes in them, right? Carpenter bees coming in, you know, perfect three-eighths hole, like every single time. It's perfect, right? Take your drill and say, okay, that's a three-eighths drill. Every time, perfect. It's, it's, it's amazing. It says, the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring the glory and honor into it. There's going to be stuff happening then according to this i don't know what this is going to be stuff we're not going to be sitting there saying oh yeah i'm going to twirl my thumb for eternity there's going to be stuff happening we're going to have purpose we're going to have function we're going to have usefulness because god doesn't create junk and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day for there shall be no night and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defiles neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the Lamb, the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants will serve him. There will be no more curse, no more working, no more eating our bread by the sweat of our brow, no more thistles and thorns, no more, it says there will be no more curse. And they shall see his face, and, on his, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they shall need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. 
And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servant the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the sayings of the prophecy of these books. I don't know about you. That's something worth living for. That's a hope. So I'm going to read a poem to, to end off. It's a... Uh, called Death Be Not Proud. Death be not proud, though men may fear you and think you great when they draw near you. Because you'll take us down, we can't escape the fact, but I've learned by now your right is just an act. So lay my bones inside the hearse, take me in and do your worst, but tell me why you choose to boast. You're just a shadow and a ghost. I'll breathe again, you'll be surprised. When you're the only one who dies, death be not proud, you'll soon find out. You're not the end, you're just the start of me. Beneath this skin is the real heart of me, so don't pretend that you can keep me locked forever in your grasp. You're just a ship sunk on the ocean floor. Your flag was stripped when you hit heaven's shore, so close your grip. But the only thing you'll ever hold is dust and ash. Death, be not proud of that. Dates on a stone, they're just an alibi, a simple line that can't sum up my life. Beneath the tears, the wreaths, the letters and the roses, God composes a new life as the old one decomposes. So come on, death, I've got your dues. Take them any way you choose. And shake the heavens with your smile, if my bones are worth your while. But the coffin's just a womb, thanks to a cross and an empty tomb. My God will get the final laugh. Death, here he comes. This is your epitaph. You're not the end. You're just the start of me beneath my skin is the real heart of me. So don't pretend that you can keep me locked forever in your grasp. You're just a ship sunk on an ocean floor. Your flag was stripped when you hit heaven's shore. So close your grip. But the only thing you'll ever hold is dust and ash. Death, be not proud. You set me free at last. Lay down my life and find it again. Dust turns to dust but my heart and soul ascend. God bless the path that leads me through life's shallow end. I lay down my life and find it at last, dust to dust, but I escape the shipwrecked mast. God bless the call that drowns the voices from my past. Lay down my life and find it anew. Joy turns to joy at the thought of breaking through. God bless the pain that makes me desperate for your view. Death, be not proud. What are you boasting for? Thanks be to God. Your walls are just an open door. God bless the place where you can't haunt me anymore. Death be not proud. Bones are in the hearse. Take me in and do your worst. Tell me why you choose to boast. You're just a shadow and a ghost. I lay my bones down in the dirt. Take me in and do your worst. 
in the end, you'll be surprised when you're the only one who dies. Death, be not proud. Death, be not proud. John 14, verse 1, says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So how should we live? We've got a choice before us. We're going to live by faith. We're going to live in fear. If you truly believe what the Bible says, there is no need to fear death as death is not the end, nor is it victorious. Death burns in the lake of fire. Pastor Joel. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks. When, uh, when Andrew came up, he joked that he was the fourth string uh, preacher, pastor, pre preacher this morning. Uh, for those who don't know, he's also my fourth string dad. Uh, I have my heavenly father. I have my earthly father, uh, Colin. I have my father-in-law, Donald. And when I first came to Niagara Falls, Andrew and his wife opened their home to me. And so I stayed there for, for two months. And I think I ate dinner with them maybe once in that whole span. But he's still my fourth string father. Uh, and the one thing that I appreciate about Andrew, that is also true of my, my earthly father, Dean, is that they both have... Uh, this, this love of creation, that when they're in nature and when they see God's creation, they can see his hand and they can see his working. And so I thought it would be fitting that I would close with a benediction from Psalm 33, uh, starting from verse 6 all the way to 9. It says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, and let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. We serve the God of all creation. Is that not a beautiful and glorious thing? Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at LighthouseNiagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.